Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to episode 26 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. Once again, my name is Greg Lindbergh. On this episode of the podcast, we are talking about beat baseball once again. And uh, it's certainly my favorite sport and the adaptive sport that I've played the most and just have a lot of passion for. Uh, So really excited for this guest, uh, who many consider to be the most talented beat baseball player that we have uh, going today. So, ready, set, listen. Alright, so my guest on this episode of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast is Eric Rodriguez, who is a very talented beat baseball player from the Indy Thunder beat baseball team. Eric, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing tonight? Doing really well, and definitely appreciate the time. And uh, like I was telling you earlier, it was Neil McDonald, who many consider to be a legend within beat baseball. Uh, he also hosts a YouTube show called The Beatball Blues Show. Uh, it was Neil who actually, you know, originally introduced me to you and said, Hey, Greg, you definitely have to talk to Eric. Uh, he's probably the best we got going in beatball today, so... Yeah, no, Neil's, uh, Neil's nice for saying that. Cool, so let's go ahead and start with your early years. Talk to me about uh, where you were born, where you grew up as a youngster in your early years. Yeah, uh, so uh, I was born in uh, Hobart, Indiana. It's uh, right by Gary, Indiana. It's like a suburb. And uh, uh, we lived there for about two years, and then uh, we moved to Indianapolis, I think when I was about two or three or so. And uh, <clears throat> we've been there since, and I'm 21 now. And uh, basically, like, I lost uh, my vision from a disease called Stickler Syndrome. And uh, it caused me to develop glaucoma. So, like, when mm. I was born, my pressures were, like, 50 and, like, 55 in both of my eyes. So, like, uh, from the get-go, I lost my right eye. So, like, I, it's not, like, dead or anything, but there's no vision really in there besides light. And then I see out of my left eye, and uh, basically, like, growing up, I was good. I had, a, I think it was, like, 20 over 70 in the in the good eye at that point. And then going into second grade, I actually had my retina detach. Mm. And uh, so that caused my vision to go from the 20 over 70 to 20 over, like, 400 or so. It was a pretty big drop. Wow. So, yeah, yeah that was pretty big. And uh, I'd been going to public school up until then. And I actually transitioned to the blind school from second grade to eighth grade. And uh, that's actually kind of how I got into beatball was me going to the blind school. I, uh, Darnell Booker, who's uh, the head coach, GM of the Thunder, he actually worked there. He was my wrestling coach way back in the day when I first started wrestling. Oh, wow. And uh, he asked us if, uh, well, I think my mom had was at like a tournament or something like that. And. They started talking about how I played baseball before I lost my sight, and uh, we ended up going out in uh, two, was 2008 was the first year that I went to the series. It was in Houston, Texas, and uh, that was my first series going out to. Uh, got to see some good players like the West Coast Dogs with uh, Eric Mazaregos and all those good old guys. They were playing the... Uh, or was it at Kansas All-Stars and hmm. that was my first championship game got to see some there was a lot of future Hall of Famers on that team on both of those teams actually and uh, I just remember watching the game and I was like oh damn <laughs> you know <laughs> like I was just you know, I just fell in love with it instantly and drawn in yeah yeah so I uh, eventually turned to 
So I've been around from 08 to 2012. I was just a volunteer, like bad boy for the Indie Thunder and uh, the RHI Extreme. And uh, I uh, started my first season with the Chicago Comets in 2013. I think the series was in Columbus, Georgia that year. Hmm. And I uh, played at some regionals. Uh, the first one, I think, it was like a 14 tournament in Indy before that tournament kind of blew up. And uh, I remember I like, played my first game, and I remember JT Herzog, he's the coach of the Comets at the time, he comes up, he's like, hey, I need someone to play short, like shortstop. And I actually originally never wanted to play up front. Like, I, I didn't like that position to start off. And hmm. uh, so I kind of got thrown in there and kind of never moved. <laughs> that, was kinda, <laughs> that was where I ended up staying. And I uh, actually ended up, at my second tournament, my first Bolingbrook tournament, I actually ended up getting second place on defense. So, like, ever since I was able to do that, like, I just fell in love with beat ball. Wow. And that uh, was kind of what started it all. And played with the Comets for two seasons and then moved to the Thunder in 2015. And I've been with them since. That's awesome. And I'm curious, do you have siblings as well? Yeah, um, I'm the oldest of six. I've got four oh, wow. brothers and a little sister. Wow, that's a lot of pressure at being the, the oldest of that many. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and I'm curious, do any of your other siblings have any visual impairment as well? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, two of my brothers, uh, Tyler Rodriguez and Alec Rodriguez, they uh, both play on the Thunder as well. Uh, they've got the same condition that I have. Their vision's actually... A, Alex's vision's significantly better, and then uh, Tyler, uh, he's, he sees better than I do, but he's actually currently going through some surgeries, so hmm. we're not, everyone kind of keep your fingers crossed for him, wish him the best, but yeah, like uh, the Stickler Syndrome, actually, it's like, um, it's a disease that uh, it, it attacks the cartilage predominantly in the body. So, like, it can cause you to develop, like, arthritis. Um, and then it also attacks the eyes and the ears. Those are the two most common after the uh, cartilage attacking. Huh. And uh, basically, like, there's people with this disease that, like, are in wheelchairs and just have way bigger issues. So, like, the fact that my family and I have only really dealt with the eyes, we always kind of make a little joke about it. We're like, hey, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow that but is, yeah i mean hmm. so like we got the eyes and that's kind of that's what caused the retina detachment and the glaucoma it's I, a, I think it's kind of a rare disease i believe i'm not a doctor though so i don't know yeah so i was gonna say i've you know talked to a lot of different visually impaired people and i've not heard anyone that has it so well yeah no it's a congenital disease so i got it from my dad gotcha so you can blame him <laughs> yeah point the finger at him right <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, then uh, I'm curious, just you know, talking about playing on the Thunder when you started playing with the Indie Thunder. Um, I know they. I understand they've been around since 2000, so you know, quite a few years now. And uh, they've they've certainly had a run the last several years that we'll we'll definitely get into more. But uh, talk to me about going from the Comets, the Chicago Comets, to the Thunder. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I ended up on the Comets because at the time. I was only 13, <laughs> so I was, wow. uh, I was a lot younger than most people that started playing, so a lot of people were a little hesitant or a little, 
didn't, you know what I mean? They didn't know if they wanted a little kid on their team playing because, I mean, that's what it was. Right. And um, JT, he, uh, he uh, basically, my mom reached out to him because she was friends with some of the players on the comments. And she asked if uh, I could play and then maybe my brother and a friend of mine, Corey. And uh, he said, yeah, if you guys can get up here, we'll let him get on the field. So ended up going there. And that's really where I, I credit a lot of my learning how to play defense from was playing with the Comets. Um, Mike McGlashan, a.k.a. Hoodley, a uh, longtime Comet player, people like Wally. There, there, was, there was some really good veterans on that team that showed me a lot of valuable uh, little tricks and stuff to do when you're out there playing. And basically, I kind of learned how to play the game, and then it was just going from Chicago to Indy. It's just, it's a haul. It's about three hours or so. So, like, uh, we played the first two seasons, and then it was just too much financially and just too much driving. So we moved to the Thunder then in 2015, and that was kind of what, I guess, would be the infancy of what the Thunder is now. That year we uh, had my brother Tyler Rodriguez, Corey White, Miguel Tello, uh, Toby Gregory at the time, Mark Morris, uh, myself. We had a lot of players that have uh, actually come up in the world and are a lot pretty pretty good guys now. Mark Morris has won multiple regional awards, and like that was kind of where it started. And then going into 2016, we brought on Jared. Woodard, Kyle, and then we brought in DeMille and Adam, and we had some new guys come on, Gerald Dykus and Zach Bueller, and, like, that's kind of just how it really all came together supernaturally. Like, it wasn't forced. It wasn't like we were looking for people. So, like, we, all this, that's why everyone on this team is just, we all love it because it's it seems so organic, you know? And it's all pretty much homegrown. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Versus like LeBron James, you know, taking his talents to South Beach and bringing all these right. just guys with him. And... <laughs> right. Very cool. And so I understand the Indy Thunder have won uh, the last four uh, NBBA World Series titles, correct? Yeah, we've been doing our thing. <laughs> we've, been, we've been having a good time. Uh... We've had a, they've been very competitive. Like our first one, like I said, was 2016, faced uh, the Boston Renegades, another longtime staple in uh, the beatball world. Yep. Ended up beating them. We were the undefeated team, and we had uh, beat them on Friday. So we, we went in and got the dub. That one felt good, but like it, the one that still to me stands out is 2017. We, uh, Ended up losing first game Thursday, and as you know, we have a uh, double elimination tournament in the Beatball World Series, and um, we had to play. We had to win eleven games straight in order to win that one, and uh, we also had to double dip Taiwan, which hmm. is another long time dynasty. The Taiwan home run. They've got, I want to say they've got five or four or five championships, maybe six, something like that. Yeah, very very dominant back in the day. And, uh, yeah, we ended up beating them. That was the first time a lot of our roster had beat them. It was the first time I had been able to beat them on the field. And I just remember I was so tired after the, after that one because we, we, like I said, we lost early, so we were all exhausted. By the time we actually finished, that finished and was able, were able to get the, the dub. And it was beautiful because, like, we, we played a really close game with them 
for the first game. It was, uh, I want to say the final score was 16 to 15, us. Mm. And then the second game, I don't know what happened. We just, we took off. We 12 ran them in the second inning and ended up winning 15 to 10. Wow. So, like, that, yeah, that was, that was still special. Like, I'm getting some goosebumps even talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just remember that one still stands out. And then in 18, we played Houston. And then last in 19, we played the Jets. So, I mean, we've had some good com- competition all the way through. Lots of memories been made. It's been a it's been a fun run. That's awesome. Yeah, and just on a personal note, 2017 West Palm Beach, Florida was my first World Series uh, playing with oh, the, yeah. the Daytona Bats. So yeah. <laughs> definitely some fond memories of that first experience. And I just remember, I think kind of like you had said earlier when we were talking before we started, you know, just that that first exposure to the World Series. It's like, wow, you know, these guys are just guys and gals are amazing. Just the, the talent how they're just going all out diving and you know the run production i mean it's really an art <laughs> it, you know man it's uh it took a while to get there for like it like it takes hours and just reps you know man i always tell everyone it's not going to happen overnight you know what i mean for sure you got to really uh the, the most important thing especially like on the defensive side is uh you have to learn how to play as one even though you can't see each other, you know, like you have to have like this kind of uh, communication or maybe like the second, second nature type thing where you know where your teammate is when you're in your zone and you know when you need to stop running. And it's, there's just, there's a lot of intricate moving pieces. And that's why I tell people like defense is the hardest part of the game. Anyone can hit is the, de- if you can figure out the defense with your teammates, like that's when you're, you're really doing cool stuff is when you can make plays and actually just get people out. It's it takes a lot to get there. Cause I know I was terrible the first time I tried to play defense. Oh yeah. man. I was like, oh, I can't see. What is this? <laughs> oh yeah. And that ball just moving so fast and coming at all different angles. And yep, it's, uh, I will say though, defense is hands down my favorite part of the game. Cause it's just, there's nothing better than fielding a ball, especially you make a nice play on somebody. It's it's, I, I, it's awesome. I love it. For sure. And I'm curious, do you wear knee pads, elbow pads? Do you have any of that stuff on, or what's your approach? Oh yeah, yeah. I got a, I got the knee pads. I get some arm sleeves with the elbow pads on them. I actually need to get a girdle because my hips. I'm getting. I guess I'm getting older, man. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I wear pads. Um. I believe I, I think everyone should just because you know it's not good to throw yourself on the ground if you're gonna do it have a little bit of cushion exactly why not right yeah and I, I know I've heard you know some guys some girls even wearing like face masks and just like f- a full body suit basically you know like <laughs> yeah, a some mummy some people go out there looking uh, looking all dressed up but I mean I think at the bare minimum the important ones to have are the knee pads just because you know you're landing on your knees and elbow pads because you're sliding gotcha yeah just because like um when you're playing defense i guess quote-unquote fundamentally those are the areas you're going to be hitting the ground on a lot you know so it's important to protect those keep your arms from getting tore up or knees getting busted up exactly yeah 
And I wondered, can you just explain, you know, when you're playing defense, when you're out in the field, are you, do you have your, you know, your hands on your knees? Are you kind of bent over? What's your position when that batter is up and you're, you're ready to defend? So I always, um, I actually kind of take, uh, I'll have like a slight bend in the knees, probably about, eh, probably like 45 degrees or so. And, uh, I actually, I put my hands just slightly above my knees and, uh, the important part is uh, you want to have like a base that's a little bit wider just because your ability to change direction when your base is slightly wider than uh, shoulder width apart, you, you're able to go forward at an angle or backwards at an angle. It's just easier to change direction. So like that's the important part. And then the bend in the knees is going to give you that ability to be explosive and be quick to the ball. And like the stance is that's the that's the easy part so like when you're playing defense the I, at least this is all my opinion of course so take it with a grain of salt but um the important part is to keep the ball square you want to be able to keep the ball almost between your eyes or between your ears i guess and um the important part is you never want to turn your head away from the ball because when you do that you you take away a good portion of your ability to track the ball and locate it so like say the ball is coming to your right and you're standing in like a center left field you're going to want to try to take that angle over uh judge based on like how deep you think the ball is coming or how shallow you think the ball is going to be and you want to keep the ball squared with you your goal should be able when you get to that ball you should be able to like kind of center it between your ears if that makes sense Hmm. yeah because you're optimizing your hearing yeah and like you know obviously when we have a sport where everyone's has to rely on their hearing it's all about positioning right. you know i always I always tell people it's kind of like uh taking angles and beat balls kind of like playing free safety or like playing cornerback in football hmm. it's all about angles and footwork that like you you don't even have to be quick if you can get the angles and the footwork down you're going to have a good chance to get to the ball if you put yourself in a place where you're able to make the play, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a great analogy because I know a lot of times they say in football, you know, the defender that makes the interception, their their eyes are on, you know, locked eyes with the quarterback, basically. And it's yeah, a very similar parallel. Eyes, that's a very high-level thing to do as a safety or a cornerback. And, like, it, it sounds easier and easier said than done for sure because like it took me so long to be able to track the ball like that like it's something you really have to work at it's something you have to really like train the ears like I, I remember when I first started like I just would go out and my brother and I would just hit ball after ball to each other like you just got to get familiar with tracking a ball whether it's on the, in the air the ground you know bouncing there's just so many there's uh you just have to get your ears trained and once you get the ears trained that's the hardest step because most people if you're playing like you probably have some for some ability to be an athlete you know i mean you have some variation of skills and stuff like that it's like the hardest part for even the most athletic people is getting their ears trained yeah that's a great point and like we have a we have a lot of great athletes who just they they're still trying to figure out how to use their ears. Maybe they went blind later in life, or they just no one's kind of explained it to them. But like that was because when I first started playing, I actually saw pretty not not good 
but like my vision was definitely a lot better than it is now so like uh that was where i was we can go back to what the comments were really preaching they they uh put me in a mindfold and like they basically made me keep it on for most of the practice just so i could get used to honestly get used to being a blind person you know like that's the thing is like if you don't have your eyes to to cheat with or you know i mean you don't have some way of not relying on yourself like when you're walking around with a blindfold you got to use your ears and you start to develop these skills where you can judge depth where you can tell us like where things are coming from it's just just learning how to use those ears is in my opinion the number one thing you can do to make yourself but better as a defender yeah that's well said Let's turn over to, you know, the batting, the hitting side of the game. And I know something I've learned is just that the relationship between, you know, the batter and the pitcher, obviously in beat ball, the pitcher's on your own team. And that that relationship is, again, like I was saying before, I've just learned it's so important, uh, you know, communication and obviously just developing that relationship so the pitcher knows exactly where to place that ball so you have the best chance of, of successfully hitting it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually have another football comparison for the hitting aspect of beatball. Is it's really like uh, you're a quarterback and a receiver. Like, how many times do you see, like, an NFL receiver not even look back, but he makes a catch? Right. It happens actually quite a bit. And um, I always tell people, when you're a hitter, your your goal is to – you have to have a consistent swing – one that you can maintain throughout the whole course of the series or on the whole course of this season is honestly a better way to say it. And you, your timing with the pitcher is crucial. Like your, your cadence that the pitcher is going to say, so whether it's like set ready pitch or set ready ball or whatever, whatever their cadence is, that has to be consistent. It has to be the same every time or as close to it as possible. Because like um, you can swing the bat as hard as you want. If you're early or late or your pitcher's cadence is all over the place, it's going to be very difficult to hit. So like that's where your pitcher has to develop a consistent cadence that he knows he can give to each batter every time so they know his timing and they know when to time their swing up. That's one of the most important things is being able to get that consistent cadence and then your batter being able to find it and know how to operate within that cadence. It's like knowing like, okay, I need to start my pitch when he, or my swing when he says P of the pitch, you know what I mean? Something like that. (laughs) Right. And, uh, it's just, it's a lot of consistency and it's a lot of trust from both sides. Like your, your pitcher has to trust that you're going to be in the location on time so he can target the ball and then you're also relying and trusting that the cadence that your pitcher is giving you is what you're expecting it to be and when you can align those two things it's going to be easier to get a hit artificially because you're not trying to find each other you know i mean you're kind of just working within a uh honestly like a square and once you're able to be within that square, it's easier to tr- to go on to get pop-ups or to produce higher quality hits because it's just, it's like throwing a pass or like running a route. You just kind of get that muscle memory and you guys start to get the rhythm and chemistry. Exactly. That's, that's well put. 
I'm definitely curious about your training. You know, what what do you do on a daily basis or weekly basis or uh, to stay in shape, to stay fresh? What, uh, you know, what's kind of your, your workout routine? Uh, me, I'm a, well, I kind of go through like phases. Sometimes I'll be really into weightlifting or uh, might be really into kickboxing. I kind of, my personal opinion for, I'm not a, trainer quite yet i do plan to go get that but i've always looked at it this way like in beatball our sport is based off of explosive movements and the ability to cover ground quickly so like i've always told people you want to try to train maybe some more endurance training maybe kind of where you get the legs prepared to just work for a while yeah. so, like i remember when i was lifting a lot i would do th- a lot of things like uh just a bunch of body squats or like maybe lunges just with some dumbbells just so I could build up that endurance in my legs because your legs take a beating in beatball they're the first thing to get tired because they're the ones carrying you everywhere they're the ones helping you swing that bat so like I always tell people endurance is one of the most important things you can have and then practicing being explosive so like sprints or doing maybe like some hit workouts so like high intensity training we're not we're not football players, you know. That was my that was a mistake I made where I was like super bulky and it started to affect like how quick I was to down the base. Hmm. I was strong, but you know, like at the end of the day, I think that being able to be fast is going to help you more than being a tank. True. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I think most of us aren't six four. You know, <laughs> <laughs> big linebacker looking people. Most of us aren't that. So, like, I think the ability, the important thing is working on a your fundamentals with running, maybe swinging a bat. That's another thing that's really important in hitting is having a a swing that is easy for you. It shouldn't you shouldn't get tired after swinging a bat forty times. You know. It should be something that just feels smooth. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. But I'd say there's a lot of different approaches you could take training-wise. I'm just not qualified enough to really say. Sure, sure. And then just going back to, you know, hitting and actually running to the base, I'm curious, what's your approach there? You know, have you ever been confused about which base is is buzzing, is going off, and then how do you kind of, you know, immediately pop out of that box fast enough? Yeah, um, so most batters are right-handed hitters. You know, we have some lefties out there, but most batters are going to be right-handed. So, like, this goes back to what we were talking about with uh, defense is you have to train that ear. And, like, once you you got to train the ear. So, like, once you make contact, your ears should almost, by second nature, be already looking for where the base is, you know, and – Luckily, they don't move. <laughs> you've got first and third, so yep. they're not moving, so you've got two reference points. And you should get in a rhythm to where the ball makes con. When you make contact with the ball and you're following through with your swing, that follow-through should be second nature so you can take your time to locate the base. And like uh, some of the better base runners, you'll notice it. It's, they'll finish their swing... And as soon as they follow through, they're already off. And what's happening there is they're following through with their swing because, like, your contact is going to happen most of the time in front of you, like, directly in front of you or slightly in front of you towards left field for most hitters. Right. Like, that follow through when you're actually, you know, I mean, you've made contact and you've pushed the ball 
out and it leaves your bat, that follow through should be your little window where you're looking, all right, the first come on, the third come on. And then depending on which base it is, if you're going to third, you want to dig in your bat, you want to dig in with your back foot so you can pivot and get going to third. Or if you're going to first, you want to kind of, you are going to want to dig in with the front leg so you can get pivoted to go to first, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So it's a lot of, it just takes repetition. That's really the big thing is just, you have to run lots of bases. Right. Like anything, practice, repetition, just whether it's playing an instrument, whether it's playing a sport. Yeah. And actually a really good um, drill that we do and I've done on the uh, comments as well as we get up there and you're, you'll swing the bat like full, like you'll do a full swing and then they'll turn the base on like you're mimicking an at bat where you've made contact and then running after you follow through with that swing. But the important part is to make sure you swing like you'd actually be swinging at a ball. Don't try to just get off so you can get a quicker base run or, you want to be clean because a clean base runner is going to have a better chance of scoring than someone who's kind of quick and is, you know, I mean, doing uh, banana bases or they're zigzagging or missing. Yeah. A clean base runner has always got a, always called a puncher's chance almost. Yeah, very true. As far as the Indy Thunder as a team, what would you say has been the kind of the secret sauce or the, the recipe for success? I mean, four titles in any sport is pretty amazing. Oh man, that's a it's <laughs> kind of a hard one. Um, honestly, I mean, I would be uh, a little bashful if I was to say we didn't have talent or anything like that because we we have some great players. Uh, but the biggest thing with all of us is the chemistry. It's like, yes, we're a team, but we're in a lot more ways we're like a family. You know, right. we we we've all we're all about around the same age, roughly which that definitely helps. And like, we, we just, we all get along. Like we hang out off the field all the time. Those are my brothers. They're, they're like, they've, they're bigger than teammates. So like our chemistry, I believe is the biggest thing. Cause like, we just know how to rally. We don't give up. And like, we just all love the game and we play for each other, not for ourselves. Right. So I know, you know, just thinking back the history of beat baseball, the Austin Blackhawks obviously had their run, uh, the West Coast Dogs and, and the Thunder certainly right up there, you know, if not, maybe some would argue even better than uh, some of those, those no past comment. players. <laughs> and then I know, obviously, there was no World Series this year because of COVID. But uh, there was a tournament that I understand you did play in, correct? Yeah, um, we were actually very lucky out here um, in Indianapolis. We had two tournaments, actually, this year. We had one that we put on where we had eight teams come. And then we had a second tournament that the Indy Edge put on, the Hmm. uh, Hitters and Heroes tournament. So we we got to play a lot more beatball than the rest of the country, which I'm very thankful for. But, yeah, we, we were able to play in those two tournaments. Uh, we ended up winning both of those. Uh, Jets gave us a good game. Um, what, when was that? Back at the beginning of August. And then the Edge, we had a pretty good game with them as well. Right. Uh, I think that was beginning of September or so. I think like September 11th or somewhere around there. Gotcha. Yep. So even in spite of no World Series, you guys just kept chucking on and, and kept winning this year. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I know you did mention the Indie Edge. I I did want to mention them. And obviously they're a very talented team as well. And it's it's pretty interesting that two, you know, very talented teams are are out of Indianapolis. Is there something in the water there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, no, we have the Indie Edge is a pretty good team. They've uh, they've definitely picked up some younger, quicker uh, prospects. They've got Ja'Cory Wiley. Joey Fleeks, uh, who else they got? They 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 picked up some good guys. I mean, they're they're starting to put it together. They're a lot quicker. Uh, their pitcher Kyle Kennedy, who's a good friend of mine, he's starting to really uh, figure things out as a pitcher. And like they're starting to develop more of a chemistry. You know, like it, I think that's that's the most important thing. If you look at teams in any sport that are really good and like they're successful, like. You've got you've got teams like the Bulls, like Pimpin and Jordan, like they they all seem like they had a pretty good chemistry. I don't I don't know because that was a little before my time, but like the the better teams, especially in team sports like football, where you have a big group of people moving, like you have to have chemistry and you have to play for each other. Exactly. And like the the Edge is really starting to uh, I think they're starting to figure things out over there because they're getting better on both sides of the ball, and you know they just have to keep working. For sure. Yep. And what would you say, uh, just to wrap up on the, the beatball conversation, what does beat baseball mean to you, you know, to be able to go out there, to have a lot of fun, to be a successful athlete? What does this game, what does this sport actually mean to you? Oh, this is probably my favorite question. Um, <laughs> um, you know, beatball, it, I, I played baseball uh, basically since I was like two. It was, mm. I played like, you know, T-ball, then into the softball. And it had just, that baseball has just been a part of my life forever. So, like, when I lost my vision, that really hurt. Like, that was something that I struggled with. And I was really, I didn't feel like I had anything. I know, like, that wasn't the case. But, you know, when you lose the vision and you're trying to figure out what's going on, like, what am I going to do next? Yep. You kind of have crazy thoughts. But, like, you know, I, uh, I was just kind of, angry because like i'd always been competitive i'd always liked playing sports and just being active and i didn't really have anything for years the first thing i found um was actually wrestling but like that just didn't get it done for me and like when i eventually actually found beatball and got on the field and you know i ended up being pretty good at it like it, it gave me it gave me confidence that I would I did not have for a very long time, and it made me it, it pulled me out of a dark place. Like I was starting to get in trouble in school. I wasn't really doing my schoolwork. So like beatball, it it helped me get my head on straight because I was like, oh, I'm good. I like I'm actually doing really good at this. I love what I'm doing, and it I mean it gave me the it gave me that uh, ability to kind of. You know, I mean, dust the shoulder off and realize that I am capable of things besides or despite what I had thought for many years. So, like, being successful, it kind of really helped me start doing better in school, kind of grow up a little bit. And I I think it's a big factor in what made me who I am today. So, beatball means the world to me. That's awesome. That's a great, you know, story and just like you said about kind of pulling you out of a dark place. I know many other people can attest to that, whether it's beatball or any other sport uh, for the blind or, or, you know, for people with disabilities, 
It's that's you know a reason I have this podcast just to be able to highlight these these great experiences and opportunities out there uh, for people who are blind and visually impaired specifically because it's you know these these sports they they change lives they save lives. I, mean, I always tell people it's like yeah we're playing a sport but there's so much more going on. It's because like I. Like I was saying, like, I, I was very, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. I was very depressed and, you know what I mean? I did not think good thoughts about myself and to go from that to kind of where I am now to where I, I people tell me that I inspire them and I'm like, I'm just out here playing what I do and what I love, you know? Yep. And I, like, I, I've been, I've inspired people. And like the beatball has given me the opportunity to do that. You know, I, I never want, you know, I mean, I don't think most people want to do that, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a hell of a feeling when you make people have hope by just doing what you do, you know, it, it just, it puts things in perspective and it makes you appreciate things and grateful that you've had, well, grateful that I've had the opportunities that I've had and I've been able to impact people's lives in a positive way because there's a lot of negativity. Absolutely, yo. I know you did mention to me that uh, you have also played goalball, and I'm curious about your experience with that sport. Uh, goalball. I actually I enjoyed goalball. I actually did pretty decent at that. I had the opportunity to play on a was it the youth world team when they were going to go back to Hungary. Hmm. They're going to go to Hungary for the youth world championship, I believe is what it was called. And that was back in 2017, but I didn't end up being able to go to that because it was expensive. But like it, go ball was fun. It just it it was like wrestling. It just wasn't my thing, you know. Like I love beat ball, so I just, I just stuck with beat ball. But uh, go ball is a fun sport. It's uh, if beat ball is not the one for you, I definitely recommend it to people. Give it a try. You have a uh, you have the opportunity to play for the u.s team i mean on the paralympic team if you're good enough and i think if there's people out there that want to try it they should definitely try it because it's it's another sport like beatball that you can find all over the country you just go to usaba.org i believe and yeah. they have a ton of information on goalball definitely and i know i'm glad you brought up the paralympics and I did have Steve Guerra on this podcast on a previous episode, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, potentially beat baseball in the Paralympics. And is that something you think could happen someday? And what's your take on that? Um, I definitely think it could. Because, I mean, beatball is a very entertaining sport. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's an adaptive sport, but it's also like if, if you're a baseball fan, it's really easy to figure out what's going on. It's in my opinion. You took. I always tell people you took away all the boring stuff about baseball and made it more exciting. <laughs> yeah, great Honestly, point. You know, it's more fast paced. There's more high scoring. Yep. The, the defensive plays have more of a significant impact. It's we have a we have a very good like game in front of us. So I think if we can just help get beatball more around the world, because like in order to be a Paralympic sport, it's going to have to be a lot more international than it is now there's gonna have to be more teams around the world and if we can get to that point i i don't i don't see it being too far-fetched it's just gonna take it's gonna take time that's the that's the big thing i agree like, goalball was founded in right after world war ii beatball was founded early 70s that's a big gap you know they've got like a 40 year 35 40 year gap or lead on beatball so 
True. That's kind of why they're where they are. Exactly. Yeah. And I know, for instance, the Austin Blackhawks and, you know, several players and whatnot have done a lot of outreach to different countries. I know Argentina, for example. And yeah, I believe a push uh, for that. Taiwan Home Run does a lot of stuff over in Asia. Hmm. I believe they, they kind of keep the ball rolling over there. But, I mean, realistically, we've got to get everything figured out here first before we can try to tackle that because we have to get a... Uh, a strong functioning system here before we can try to spread, you know, True. and, uh, we're on, or we're in route to hopefully get that within the next decade or so. I believe if we make the right moves, but once we can get established in the U S I think that's when we can start to think about expanding around the world. Definitely. Yeah. And then just to wrap up here, uh, as far as your career, I know you told me that you are a massage therapist, right? Yeah. And how did you then, get uh, into that? Uh, so I was actually going to school to be a strength and conditioning coach at uh, Ball State University here in Indiana. Hmm. And uh, it just I've always been interested in the human body, like as far as like how it moves how muscles work and like how your body can heal itself. That's just always been something really cool to me. So strength and conditioning, it just, I wasn't really liking what I was doing. So I had actually gotten a massage when I was about 16 or so, and it was pretty enjoyable. I liked it, but I never even considered it as a job. Hmm. And then like I, here I was and I dropped out of school and I'm like, well, crap, I can't just, I can't just stay home and do nothing. <laughs> so, like, I found a massage school, and I'd actually been dealing with, a like, a, knee, a slight knee injury, or my right knee was just not working right. And um, I remember we were in class, and we were working the hamstrings, so, like, the back of the, the, uh, the back of the, uh, what's the thing called, the thigh. Yep. And, um, like, I had went and got an MRI to check why it was hurting, why it kept buckling on me and stuff like that, and... Like, the thing I've been dealing with for two years, like, they, they fixed it by doing, like, this certain technique. And, like, all of a sudden, my leg's working fine. I haven't had any issues since then. And <laughs> so, like, I kind of had that happen. And I'm like, well, dang, this massage stuff's pretty legit. And then uh, I ended up doing really well in school. Um, I actually got into the number one rated massage place in Indianapolis. So things have been wow. coming together. It doesn't feel like work, like I was telling you before, and I just love what I do. I, I learn new things, and I get to help people, and it's just an awesome job. That's awesome. Congrats on that. And I know, like you were saying before, it's obviously it's a very hands-on, tactile-type job, and for someone who's blind or visually impaired, you know, it's certainly a great uh, opportunity. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely got, definitely, like, as a blind person, you kind of are built with the skills for it. Yep. But like at the same time it's like if you're an athlete or someone who's like really into the body like how it works and moves and fixes itself i mean it's it's a really it's a really promising and really uh gifting like it gives you a lot like uh, yes i get to make decent money doing it but i'm always learning something new and like sometimes like i've had people almost sure leave crying just because like maybe i at help them be able to raise their arm above their shoulder or they're not walking the limp anymore it's just free sports. It's, it's awesome man oh, i love wow. what i do and i'm probably going to do it for a while 
Nice. That's that's awesome. All right. Well, again, we've been talking to Eric Rodriguez, a very talented beat baseball player with the Indy Thunder beat baseball team. And uh, Eric, I just want to thank you so much for joining us here on Ice Free Sports. Really appreciate the time and your great insight. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It was fun.